All right, what is up, Fantasyland? We are missing our fearless leader, JD, tonight uh, due to some unavoidable technical issues, but uh, we, do, we do have a fun show planned. Uh, we've got uh, Andrew Schellenberg making a, uh, I have to at this point call it a guest appearance. Uh, <laughs> and uh, is, this, is this in fact a La Quinta uh, that I'm seeing behind you, the, the buffet room? That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm doing it live from the uh, from the living room of uh, La Quinta. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the joke that never gets old. And uh, our, our guest of honor tonight, um, other than Andrew, of course, who's always a guest of honor, but our, our real guest of honor is uh, Darren Armani, Fantasy Mojo. And uh, he, is, he has one of the best sites. Uh, if you're into the FFPC, uh, if you're into lots of other stuff, I mean, there's, there's just so much goodness on there. I'm going to let you talk about it in just a minute, Darren. But uh, it's, it's one of my best bargains of any fantasy years when I sign up for the uh, Fantasy Mojo site. So yep. good stuff there. Uh, let, let's, let's do our, uh, our intro here and uh, then pop right into the show. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash off is the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. All right, welcome back, everybody. And uh, just real quick, a couple of uh, housekeeping things. You know what? If you like the show, go ahead and hit that like button. Everybody likes to be liked, right? It's it's just natural. It's part of the human condition. So you know what? I'm promising you this. You like us, we'll like you right back. We won't have a button to do it, but we're going to like you all the same. So just go ahead and like us. Go ahead and share us, too, if you can do that. That's that's fantastic. If you can review us and say nice things, even better, even better. So thanks for coming on tonight and uh, joining us. And uh, first and foremost, I'm going to let Darren talk a little bit about the Fantasy Mojo uh, site, all the tools that he's got there, and just anything that he wants to, to say about it. Yeah, so if, if you're playing um, FFPC, which I think is going to be a topic of a lot of what we uh, go over tonight, it's... It's a go-to site for that. During draft season, we've got ADP, we got the draft boards, we got tools to help you navigate player ownerships throughout the tournament. Um, this time of year, we get into some, uh, I call it the championship sprint content. And what we'll do is we'll look at the ownership of players that are um, contained within the, the, the main event or the Fantasy Pros tournament, see what the player ownerships are. We've got a really cool... Um, Stack Explorer tool that will also let you um, click on any comb. It's like you want to know any combination of players, like how many teams have Travis Kelsey and Patrick McCombs, how many teams have Goff, Amon Ra, um, Laporta. You can go into this thing. It'll pop up the teams that own them, and it'll show you the player ranks too. So it's a very good tool for determining leverage within the pool. So say you're like, you know, you're you're currently positioned. Um, you know, 400th in the in the leaderboard, and you want to know, okay, how many? If you if you if you have, for instance, like um, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and you want to know how many other teams have Jarek McKinnon, well, you can see within this tool like all the teams that have Jarek McKinnon and where they're ranked. So you might, you know, the things like that. If you've watched the the Go Bills guys who won last year, um, seen them on some podcasts, I think the FFPC interviewed them a couple times. They they specifically call out these tools as, as helping them win um, the tournaments in the past. So 
something to keep in mind. But uh, And then coming up is the playoff challenge for the FFPC. We have tons of content for that, um, strategies, ownerships within the uh, – the, the tournament and um, a lot of stuff. It's very simple. You just go to the homepage. There's a virtual tour site. You hit that and it walks you through everything that we have. But if you've invested thousands of dollars into main event teams or fantasy pros teams, you really, it's, it shouldn't be that much of a leap to spend a few bucks more and, and get the advanced metrics on um, a lot of the, the information that's going on with these tournaments. Mo- Mojo. Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, go ahead. Mojo, okay. the other benefit too, you, yeah, you're more than welcome to take this as like a, a tagline. But uh, if anybody's working on their resume out there and needs to, you know, bolster it, switching jobs, whatever it is, allow Mojo's site to work for you too. In the age of data analysis and data visualization, you know, it used to be you put on your resume, "Hey, I'm proficient in Excel," and that means you can hit that equal, you know, equal sign before you do a formula. Well, look, if you work on Mojo's site, you can now say proficiency in Tableau. You're a data, data data visualist artist if you're able yes. to uh, navigate Mojo's site. Data analytics and and, and visualizations, creating a- dashboards to, to propel you to success. There you go. Say, say now you're on your resume, bolster it and say, hey, I subscribe to Mojo's site. I'm proficient in Excel and Tableau. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. Exactly. As long as you're winning at the end of the year. <laughs> that's right. That's That's the main thing. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's fantastic information. I use it literally all year long. Um, you know, the, the playoffs are coming up, you know, and you'll have the playoff challenge stuff up there. Um, we're using it right now for the, you know, the championship sprint. Um, during draft season, it's, gosh, it's the most valuable tool I know of uh, during draft season. And uh, I do a lot of drafts and it's just nice to know uh, what's going on ADP wise, what's the trends, everything else. So. It's all there, and so make sure you're checking that out if you haven't. Uh, and also, Darren, you had something uh, you wanted to share with us uh, on the screen too. Um, I don't know if you have that ready to go or not, but uh, yeah. So we're we're talking about the uh, the championship sprint in the FFPC right now for the main event and uh, the fantasy pros tourney. So those sprints kick off this week, so weeks 15, 16, and 17. And one of the questions that I get a lot is. You know, what What are my chances of, of winning the tournament based upon where I'm initially seated? Because when you begin the tournament, it, you know, there's in the main event, there's 830 teams in the uh, fantasy pros tournament. I think there's 3,400, which you're initially seated based upon your average points scored during a regular season. So like Dan is, is number one in, in the NFFC contest, and you're going to be seated number one before the tournament starts. But if you've been sort if you sort of slid in there, then you're going to be way down the leaderboard to begin. So the question is, you know, how am I going to how am I going to like ascend 800 spots, a thousand spots to win this thing? And people don't really have a sense for that starting point. So I'm going to share something that I came up with. This is this is a goat district exclusive for you guys. I did it just for you. I didn't do this in Tableau. All right, I just did this in Excel. So you know, <laughs> well, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Here we go. No. All right. Is it showing up for you? Yes. Here we go. Uh, let me let me change up our overlay here. Nope. That's not great. But maybe that'll work. Okay. That'll work. All right. So what I have here are the top ten finishers last year in the main event and formerly known as the Football Guys Tournament last year. So we have the top 10 finishers. That's the first column. That was their final rank. The second column is their start rank. Where were they at when the turn, when that three-week sprint started? So the, the guys in first, the, the Go Bills guys, this team was named Marv Levy 6. They were ranked 156. That's where they started. So they did a little bit of work, and they worked their way up the board. Now look down at the football guys tournament. The team that ended up in first started with 1,361. So that should really give you some hope, even if you're buried at the beginning, that you can, you know, do what it takes to, to get to the top. And over in the right-hand column, um, that three-week point total, the second from the right, that shows you what their score was over those three weeks. So they had to outscore the, the next team by like uh, 30, was that about 33 points to, to leap that far. But this gives you a, a sense of, you know, can I win based upon where I'm seated? So, for instance, I, my, my main event team is um, 
I think I'm seated 580 to start. Out of 800, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I see two guys who at least finished in the top 10 last year in the main event that started in that area, 591 and 602. So, you know, you're going to have to hit on everything, but, uh, but, but you can do it. So, and that's what I just wanted to show um, because people have never really seen this before. So now that you actually have some, some hardcore data around what you can do based upon one year when you see it. I love it. And, and one of the main reasons I love it is I have a team in 795th place in the, uh, in the championship sprint for the uh, main. So I'm only, I, I look at it this way. I'm only like 35 places out of very last place. So if I can win it with that, then that will really be a feather. In my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Darren, maybe you stop sharing, but if you didn't think, can you share that screen again or no? Oh, I have it. I'll put it back up for you. Do you, do you, do you, do you mind? Cause I, I was actually, I was actually looking at it too. And I, you know, one way to improve and we'll, 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 fi- we'll figure out on the fly here is, I think looking at your data, the bands were tighter last year. Um, would, would be interested in seeing that. I was looking at it this year, Dan, because I was um, in the main, I was like 300 something. And the first place team is already 22 points ahead of me. Um, so, you know, to, to Darren's point, as, as he shows the graph, you have to catch, not, not only catch the number one team, keep all the other teams at bay, but then they're starting with their weekly average from the first, four, uh, first 12 weeks. Yeah, first 12 weeks of the season, yeah. right, that they start over with. So just, and again, I'm going to use these numbers as like rough proxy. So again, I was looking between the first team and the 300-something team. But if you just look at Lou and Brew Main there, they started with 158, right? Um, last year, the 6OT t- team right above them was uh, 138. So that's a 20-point difference. So it it already feels like perhaps there's a more more ground to catch up uh, this year in, in the main, and again, a little little bit anecdotal. I, I wonder how much of that is sticky year over year, but just something to consider. Um, one, Darren, for your own Excel proficiency, uh, is considering kind of where where the average start was. Uh, sorry, where where the total start was. You know, who who are they chasing at number one, and kind of how that compares to this year. So, like right. well, you know, a twenty point gap last year that had been between making up one and six oh five, but this year twenty point gap is between one and. 200. I, I don't. I don't know what the right answer is, but just uh, it, it, inter- interesting in terms of the uh, the spreads year over year. But I, I love this chart, Darren. This is awesome. Yeah, th- this is the first year that I did this, so I don't love have it. any history back uh, before that. But see, the problem is th- the leaderboards disappear off the websites, right? Uh, like, good. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, I don't even remember like how this. So I have to go in and actually put separate minds to save this stuff. Yep. 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 No. Uh, anyways, no, this is, this is, this is great. I just wanted to make sure I, I got the numbers right in terms of the, uh, the spreads I was seeing this year. So I think that uh, a 20 point gap maybe, maybe uh, goes a little bit further um, this year than it did last year. Yeah. But, and, the, and the thing is to keep in mind also, you know, that 20 point gap, you've got three weeks to make it up, you know, right. even if it's a 30 point gap, you know, you've just got to be 10 points better than that team, you know, all three weeks instead of, you know, thinking about, Oh, we've got thirty points to make up. Uh, you know, you can you can have one player really go off, and you can make up, you know, like eighty percent of that just in one shot. So, a- a- absolutely, I, I, it's it's a real shame in the in the uh, football guys last year there wasn't somebody from like the top ten, so I could so we could benchmark uh, just how many points that thirteen sixty one came up, um, or how many points they had to make up. I mean, it's very 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 clearly at least what only like four what fourteen points between sixty five and. 1361 so pretty yep. pretty pretty tight band there um in terms of, of of being able to make that up as you said dan over three weeks yes yes definitely all right and before we get into the rest of the show we are going to pay a bill here and uh normally jd would do his little batman sounder which i do not have access to but i'm supposed to do something you know to you know to let them know where the break is so there it is Hey, so many ask me, what's wrong with sports books? Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them, not so much. Until Bet Openly came along. Bet Openly said, hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer-to-peer betting in all states, and you pay 1%. When you win, you pay just 1% on your winnings. You heard that right. It's 1%. With code Underworld, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee 
on bed openly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be. And now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is Underworld. Check it out. All right. And we are back. Okay. So I thought for today we'd just kind of go through a, a couple of the hot topics, uh, you know, that are, are foremost on people's minds. And then uh, talk a little bit about the championship sprint. And, uh, you know, this kind of delves into playoffs in general, too. So if you're not uh, necessarily doing FFPC, a lot of this stuff is going to be uh, still relevant for you as well, uh, especially the last topic as we get to the end. So first off, let's, let's talk, uh, Darren, a little bit about uh, Justin Herbert. You know, what a, what a sad state of affairs. Fractures the dreams of so many of his managers and, and potentially those of uh, the Keenan Allen managers as well. And, um, you know, with that fractured finger, he's done for the year. Easton Stick, uh, insert your hockey joke here. Um, can he pull a Jake Browning, do you think, and keep his target and keep targets afloat for all the members of this, uh, this offense? Or is this really going to torpedo the, the Chargers? What do you think about that uh, first, Darren? I, I think the targets will be there, but I mean, if you watched him, he's he's kind of a bit of a cowboy, and he had he had the fumbles too. So I don't know that it's going to be. You know, I guess the question for people is: Is this somebody I should start? Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that at least the first week out there that you're going to have any sort of um, confidence that that he's a startable asset. Now. If Keenan, now you saw Keenan Allen was a, did not practice today, mm-hmm. so who's he going to be throwing to if Keenan Allen is is not playing? So it's going to be Quentin Johnson. It's going to be maybe um, maybe Josh Palmer comes back, which would yeah. be good. I think Josh Palmer is maybe you can you can envision a scenario where he's one of those low owned guys in a tournament that if Stick is is reliable, then Palmer's some guy who could maybe catapult because. He should get a decent amount of uh, of targets there, but the stick himself seems it seems kind of shaky. Like, like you get to start him over. Some, well, in the tournament, you, you first of all, he's he's not even on any teams. So well, that's, I was, yeah, I was, was going to make yeah. a point. You're able to confirm that. I mean, we'd be able to figure out real quick if we have a member of his family playing in the main event because that'd be the only team we probably had him rostered before. Yeah, that, so that's that's kind of a moot point. But maybe yeah. if you're in another playoff league, if it's somebody you're thinking about picking up. Um, it's kind of a while, and the the the, the, the landscape is so shoddy right now for quarterbacks. Like, how, yeah. how are you in a position where that's your only option? And, and maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, that would be bad. I think I think he might be more of an issue for uh, you know superflex and and two quarterback formats rather than yeah. uh, single quarterback. Hopefully, you've got something better than that going in single quarterback. Though at the rate quarterbacks have been going down, especially the past couple three weeks, um, I guess nothing should surprise us. Um, but Darren, what are what are the stats on the Chargers stacks? Um, we got Keenan Allen is very highly owned, right? Yeah, um, I think Keenan Allen is. Uh, let me let me look at the the data here. I think he might have been the, the second most or the top most guy owned. Okay. Overall. Yeah, it looks like he's top most owned. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that means he he was the the number one player to own during the regular season to get you to the championship round. So he won people a lot of leagues, but now the, the, the problem is now that you're in the sprint, he may not even play that first week. Um, and that's going to, that's going to hurt you, which is great. If you're one of those teams that doesn't have Keenan Allen, because I'd have to see where, where about in the, the leaderboard, these Allen teams are. And that's one of the things that you can do with the tool that stack explore. I can go plug in um, Keenan Allen. And actually I could even do that. If you wanted to, yeah, yeah, let's like go ahead and do that. Increase our Tableau, yes, proficiency, Darren. All right. Do you want so to put me... it on the screen, or is this just something you'd rather talk through? Now show it. It's it's cool how people can. Okay. You want to share it, or I'll share it. Um, yeah, go ahead and put it up there, and I'll uh, I'll change right. our format here to match. This will be cool. Present screen. All right. So here's the here's the fancy uh, championship brown stack explorer that I have. So what this has, it's loaded with all the, the players and all the teams and either the fantasy pros or the main event and the championship sprint. So all I'm going to do 
is click on Keenan Allen. And what it'll do is pop up. I got to check AG Brown. So now I've, I'm seeing all of the teams in the Fantasy Pros tournament huh. that have Keenan Allen. Look, all top seven teams of Fantasy Pros have Keenan Allen. Look at this. So these guys are in big trouble. These guys are going to sink if this guy doesn't play. So you're getting a feel for, you know, what are my chances week to week? Now let me look at the main event and see how that's looking. Three out of the top ten teams. But it's all, all very top-heavy teams. Cocktails and Dreams with some Keenan Allen. So if you're a a cocktails and dreams hater you can uh root against him um but we've that's had him on a little bit here on the go district dan yeah yeah yep we've had him on a time yeah now he's sure. he's the best but this is funny on the fantasy pros the top seven teams all have keenan allen that's so really this, funny this is what i'm saying with the leverage like so if if you have another player that you could play instead of – well, you probably still wouldn't play Keenan Allen. But if you've got some other player, you can get a sense for you can maybe leapfrog some of these guys if you've got an, an alternate. It's like maybe you have Josh Palmer, you know, yeah. and then maybe you want to play him instead if, if he ends up, um, you know, getting the start over Keenan Allen. But this is the type of thing you can do with this. Um, yeah, it's 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 great stuff. I mean, it's just so, you know, there. the more you dig in, uh, you know, the more you find out. Uh, the more ways you can find out to do, you know, just interesting things to leverage yourself against other teams. Let's look uh, at Justin Herbert. I want to see now that I'm in here. I want to see yep. who's uh, who's stuck with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. I got to uncheck Keenan Allen. All right, what do we got here? Teams two and seven and Fantasy Pros have Herbert, and over in the main event, oh no, Cocktails and Dreams had the. Uh, the Allen Herbert stack. stack. Yeah. That's hard times for them. Teams one and two. Yeah, so. kind of makes you wonder though if, if if you didn't have a different quarterback to go with them. So you know, and that's that's something you can do within the FFPC site itself. Is you can go look at that you know a particular team. You can just uh, mouse over it, click it, and you know you can see like exactly right hit who, their roster. Yeah, yeah. See what their their roster is, or at least their starters are. Um, so you can get an idea. So especially if you happen to be close in the last week, it's a great thing to do because you can just sit there and see, hey, the, the people I could catch or the people who could catch me, what do they have available? So, right. uh, you know. But that, so. That's like every week you're going to be doing that because mm -hmm. the rankings are going to change over the three-week sprint. You're going to be diving in there, seeing what do I need to do to get ahead of the guys ahead of me and that type of thing. So, But it's it's like, yeah, people are going to have to watch what's what's going on with Keenan Allen this week. Um but Easton sticks more of a wild card. Darren, will your data refresh after week one of the shootout to see the new ranks of everyone? when you? Yeah, so every Tuesday morning, um, I'll go in and, and update that. So the, the player pool itself won't change, right, because you can't add players, but the rankings will be different. The rank, okay, the rankings yeah. will. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about the Dolphins. Um, I'm, I'm curious, Darren, you can be looking up the, the stats on any Dolphin stacks uh that you that you want to bring up but you know the dolphin skill players have kind of gone from confident starts to something pretty shaky over the past couple weeks the offensive line has been decimated um by injuries tyreek skimpy now um you know and i know it's going to be hard to bench tyreek if he plays uh you know you saw even you know in a game where he could he could barely go at all um, he was getting out there for at least as many plays as he could. And, uh, you know, he did some damage on some of those, too. Raheem Mostert, you're probably going to play him almost no matter what. But, you know, does it, do those injuries change how you guys look at, like, Jalen Waddell, Tua, A-Chan, any, anything like that? Andrew, what are, you, what are your thoughts there? Got to play him. Uh, Mike McDaniels, you know, too, too good. Um, I mean – I guess my, my question would be what what other options do you potentially have um see in the chat from, from old dr evil right potentially leverage on Tua or on tyreek um i just did like a, my best lewis riddick impression there um I, I just don't know what other leverage you'd have um in order to play somebody else over him um i, I don't think that's really what the question is but i i think that if you made this shootout and you have these good options that potentially um have shown explosion before. I, I think for the most part, you got to play them. Um, at least that's my opinion. Yeah. What about I, you, Darren? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be in a desperate spot. Like, I'm playing all these guys regardless. Like, even yeah. if they're questionable, like, you got to plug them in there. Unless 
you know, to get go back to the leverage thing, unless you're so far down, like that's like you got to throw this Hail Mary. But then that's like recklessness. You know what I mean? That's like you're going to sink yourself for the tournament if, if that doesn't work out for you. It's not like in the playoff challenge where you can play leverage, but you have 40 teams that you could, you know, you could load up the tournament with. You've got one or two. So you got you got you have to leverage responsibly at the same time. That's right. You know, always but, um, leverage responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you <laughs> that, got should, that should have been the Cho title, man. We we missed one there. Right, Darren. Can I ask a question? I, I think Herbert and Achan are common players in this question, and I may have missed it. You may have done this before. Whatever happened with that guy who rage quit on like half of his team? I'm pretty sure it was like Herbert Lamb Achan. Oh. Did, did we drop them? Did we, I didn't really go back and follow up on we that. We know. Okay, that was a great, great tweet by you. That was it. That I mean, that was an intentional. Like the guy was just pissed that he lost his uh, playoff game, and he just yeah. dropped, dropped the players. Rage, rage dropping. Yeah. Rage, rage, rage quit. I think that guy made the shootout too. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Thing. Thanks, Dan, for ordering the agenda uh, to allow me to uh, to ask that question. Well, well, well done. Absolutely. <laughs> And I, I, we've seen him undo drops before, but those were clearly mistakes. Or mm-hmm. the, the, and during the regular season, if somebody drops like that, they'll undo it because you can't put those guys back in the player pool to let somebody else pick them up. But in this case, like the week, the week 11 drop, final drop uh, deadline had been in there and there, nobody else could, could pick them up. Yeah. Unless the guy I, thought maybe he could do that too. You don't know. Like I, I was saying on the, um, on the deep end show, like as, as these tournaments grow, like the under the players' understanding of of the rules, like it's 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 out there. You, you see guys who don't realize that when you get to zero dollars with your fab, that you can't make moves anymore. Um, they are like, why can't I add a player? Uh, you know, why isn't there free, uh, first come for serve? Like these are legitimate questions you see in in the lobby chat. I'm like, guys, you know, it's it's there's there's, there's a lot of newbies, um, especially on the fantasy pro side. Yeah. And I yeah. can't. Uh, I can't imagine that. Uh, and Dan, we, Dan and I chatted about this. You can't imagine Alex had much sympathy uh, for that guy, even if you tried to go back uh, to him and say, "Hey, hey, sorry, didn't know the rules. I had made the shootout, and I'd like all those players back." There's. Uh, <laughs> he you're not going to get much known he made the shootout. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what they're thinking. Because <laughs> they, they, they did make the shootout, right? I think that was like yeah. one or two seasons. Yeah, really yep. good. Good, good shit. Um, I think a, a little bit of tougher question, Darren Texans. Um, they were looking good. Stroud was looking good. Uh, Nico was looking great. Uh, we love Tank. Obviously, he's you know he, he's been out a couple weeks now. How are we feeling about the Texans' options, especially with some uncertainty around Stroud's concussion protocol as we uh, as we enter the tournament? Because if you may, if maybe you snuck a Stroud team in there, um, that'd be great leverage on the field um, potentially. How, how 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 are we feeling about the Texans? So C.J. Stroud is the fifth most owned quarterback. Oh, then never mind. Yeah, okay. And but that's that seems really bad. If there's no Nico and there's no Tank Dell, all right? So you're down to Noah Brown, like Noah and not, Brevin. Brevin, Robert Woods. I mean, the, plus their schedule's hard. They're at Tennessee, then they play Cleveland, nice. and then Tennessee. So yeah. it's not like what's this guy going to do? I mean, he he might. You're probably still going to play him. Like, what better option do you have? But you just really got to sort of minimize your expectations like i don't see especially with noah brown i saw you had on the sheet like noah brown is not when has he succeeded as as the number one i mean i don't think right. that even with the cowboys that that wasn't the case either right yeah exactly and uh you know noah brown has de- definitely done his best uh, imitation of the peace out guy you know and just <laughs> faded from view <laughs> over the past couple of weeks um yeah so if you're if, if you're on the texan stacks i think it's probably time to pivot uh, you know, though, unless you're in desperate straits. I mean, you know, I we do sometimes see quarterbacks get the job done. Um, if I was going to start anybody out of that mess, I would probably start um, the running backs, you know, like maybe Singletary, maybe Stroud if you're in a, in a desperate position. You know, it kind of depends on who else you've got at quarterback. Um, you know, you, you might be just kind of roped into having to start Stroud. So if uh, Schultz comes back, maybe that's a play. Like yeah. I can see him having some success yeah. with, with tight end premium. And there's only um, well, there's six Stroud Schultz stacks. I'm I'm overall I'm not sure what the what the, what the the Schultz situation is, but I mean maybe he has some luck. Yeah. So the, these are these are things that you want to be doing if you really need to be throwing the hail mary. You know, if you're somewhere in the top fifty teams or something like that, uh, you know these these moves might not be for you. 
yeah. is pretty much what it comes down to. So let's let's go through and uh, any any other quarterbacks that you'd like to talk about, Darren, as far as like uh, ownership and stacks that are, are going on with them. Anything that you found interesting when you were you know perusing your own data here? Yeah, um, when I, when I looked at the ownership, the most owned quarterbacks, I was really surprised that Patrick Mahomes was down to twenty one. I know he's had an off year, but that seems really really low. And maybe that's a function of the, his draft capital. Um, you know, even though he hasn't been terrible, like given where you drafted him, like those teams haven't been able to sort of overcome the, the cost. So Mahomes, if you have Mahomes teams, um, and if he can suddenly turn it on, that's going to be very helpful. And again, I would use the Stack Explorer plugin, Patrick Mahomes, and see where, where, where these guys are at and see what chance he had. Now I had, I was a little happy because I have, I was a disciple of the the Mahomes Kelsey thesis, and that's the team that I got through in the main event. And there's only 22 of them. But then when I looked in the Stack Explorer, it's like, well, I'm like number 18 out of the 22. Hmm. I'm like down, way down. It's like, I, so what do I got to do to get ahead of these guys? I'm gonna have to do some other, you know, smoke and mirrors to do that. Um, another guy that was really low, Tua, is the 13th most owned quarterback, and Lamar is the 14th. So those guys are down there. Now they have really high ceilings. So those are the kind of guys that you want to have um, to maybe get ahead of like, you know, Jake Browning is the most owned quarterback, right? So I think I think there's going to be a lot of shuffling with within you know that mix of, of quarterbacks that you can gain some ground. Yeah, one I thought was really interesting was uh, Pat Mahomes and Rasheed Rice was only uh, there are only three with that stack in the tournament uh, on the main side and only 38 on the uh, the fantasy pros side. So that's that's kind of a fun one. I, I was a little bit surprised to see that. I thought maybe more uh, more teams with that stack might have gotten in there, but it, my guess is probably a lot of people weren't intentionally doing that stack unless they're trying to do you know like a whole Kansas City stack or whatever because Rice was so cheap uh, back yeah back back in the days when we were drafting oh so long ago. Yeah, there were um, there were probably tons of uh, Mahomes Tony stacks that that were have since been eliminated and they got <laughs> rid of them. But I guess if there was one, like if you looked at, you know, how many were in existed at any one time, it was probably it was probably Tony. Um, Stafford is another guy that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Stafford Puka stacks, there's 13 of them. Stafford Cooper Cup is four. There's only four of those. Um, Golly, yeah. I like the the one that stood out to me when you said it was the Lamar Jackson one. That's interesting. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. most tied to uh, Zay Flowers. Yeah. That's the most, and, but then if you go down to some of the other guys, like they become a little bit more scarce across yep. the, uh, the the tourney. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. There's going to be a lot of movement. Um, yeah, I, I think you know a couple other interesting guys. Uh, Trevor Lawrence for sure, uh, down at four point six nine percent on the the main. Mm-hmm. He's at he's at five point eight six percent on the uh, fantasy pros. Yeah, very then, low. Uh, uh, you know, if you if you really want to get a little bit funky, uh, Joe Flacco, two point six four percent in the main and uh, two point oh seven percent fantasy pros. Uh, I, I didn't even bother to look for him. That's that's <laughs> an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. So you know, some some fun stuff like that, and uh, you know, so it, it's kind of wild to me that it, you know everybody jumped all over Jake Brown, and he's actually the most owned uh, player in the tournament on either side. It looks like to me, and. You know, but yet nobody wanted to do anything with Flacco because he's kind of old news. But, uh, you know, it, hey, he can still sling it. So, uh, you know, if, if you're one of those teams that's way down there and you've got a Flacco, uh, that might be your ticket up towards the top, uh, you know, to pass a lot of other teams. So fun stuff to take a look at. Any other thoughts on that, Andrew? Yeah, just nonsense thoughts. I'm looking at it and I see, you know, the the ones that make sense are like a, a Mariota. Like I'm, I'm in on that, right? If you have a Hertz team, you mm-hmm. might as well. I mean, I think that Jake Browning underscores the point of just ha- having a backup, having a second or potentially third quarterback uh, available to you. Um, you know, the the least owned is Trey Lance, but even even then, while Wild makes, um, you, you know, you you could talk yourself out, you know, into it after a couple of hoops. The one that really catches my attention, and I'd love to see how they drafted. I'm gonna have to go and unpack that one. Is Anthony Richardson? He made it onto two championship uh, football guys teams, and so I just I just don't know if they're like a Gator fan or a Colts fan. They're like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna drag him in the in memoriam 
um, with my championship roster, or this is just like a team that's just unattended to. Uh, but uh, but I, I really enjoy uh, looking uh, looking at that one, the Anthony Richardson one. Yeah, there's guys who check out. There's seven Joe Burrow teams. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just that, that's some that's some in memoriam type shit there. <laughs> yeah, and props to Doctor Evil as the the third best Flacco team in the main. You got so. four Kirk Cousins teams even. Like I don't know how these guys they made the sprint and they just they did. yeah. They maybe yeah. they thought it was best ball. I don't know what's going on. Well, they they, they saw the Goat Bills guys and and everyone else like doing those like uh, championship roster printouts and framing like a jersey in the back. They just wanted to make damn sure that if they won the whole thing, they were right. able to get their favorite player on that plaque. That that's the that's the only way this makes sense. Yeah, is for plaque purposes. Looking ahead, smart. Love it, love it, love it. All right, um, let's let's just kind of jump through talk um, talk some of the low owned running backs um, that you're seeing, Darren, and uh, you know which ones look most interesting to you. I think Eckler is the guy who jumps out because so many. He sank so many teams, and Dan, you and I know this very well. How how <laughs> how he can destroy your team if you spend a lot to get him. But some of them, some there's four point six nine percent ownership of of Eckler. So a lot of guys were able to sneak through despite his his underachieving. And then Bijan's really low too. I mean, he totally destroyed teams. We know that. But okay. now they're looking good. Bijan, Barkley, Eckler, Barkley. Yep. Those would be my yep. favorites um, of, among the lower-owned running backs. Yeah, I really like them. Uh, I, I, I like James Conner as well. Um, Aaron Jones would be interesting if he could ever, you know, like play the game of football again. Um, same with Jonathan Taylor. They're both pretty low-owned. Taylor's up at 6.25%, but that's still relatively low compared to the field. So it's, uh, you know, some interesting guys there, and I think, uh, you know, those are the – those are the places where if you've got them, um, you can hope that uh, you're, you're able to differentiate enough, you know, because probably the guy, you know, I would guess, I, you know, I haven't looked this up, but I would guess that, like, most of the Eckler teams are probably towards the bottom of the field, you know, at this time. You know, they made it, but, you know, they were, they were getting no contribution from their first round pick or not much of a contribution. So, you know, probably their score is really depressed unless, of course, you know, they just, like, hit it out of the ballpark on every other draft pick that they made. So, uh, you know, sometimes those, those low-owned guys uh, are, are already naturally situated on the teams they can help the most. So, Right. And, uh, and you know with the volatility of running back, like the, the top-owned players, the top 10 is Mostert, Kamara, McCaffrey, Kyron, Etienne, Achan, Pacheco, White. I mean, it, all you need is some of those guys to, to bomb out, and then you're like, you're, you're going to pass them. So that's that's kind of you know those guys are probably up at the top of the board because they're the ones that got you there and have been very successful. So and if we go back to the chart that I originally showed, the interesting thing was you didn't see guys of the of the top ten finishers. I don't think any of them started. Um, let me look at that again, just just on myself. So none of, none of the top ten finishers. Well, there was one that started in the top ten. Lou Lou Brew. Mm-hmm. Started at eight and finished. Uh, I'm sorry. Started at ten and finished eighth. Other than that, you know, the top ten finishers came from way down in the field. So there's just going to be turnover. So you, you can't be too, uh, you know, confident that if if you start. No offense, Dan. I know like you you're you're starting number one in NFFC, but you know, just set set expectations. Things could happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I've definitely told myself that already. I mean, you know, because it's you're you're starting. You know, basically all. All those points I accumulated all the way along, you know, when you when you start getting to like weeks 12, 13, 14, you know, if you're up at the top, it's hard to fall down very far and it's easier to move up um, as long as your team keeps playing well. You know, you're just looking for other people to just kind of, you know, like the attrition to happen. But when you, you know, when all of that just can, gets condensed down to, you know, basically one game's worth, you know, when we take the average and we say, okay, you're starting with the average and then you're going to add week 15 to that. You know, you don't you don't have 14 weeks worth of average. You got one week worth of average, and if you bomb on week 15, probably done. You know, yeah. it, it, it'd be very difficult to recover. So it's it, it yeah, and that, that's all just to say, uh, you know, don't give up wherever you start out. Uh, you know, if you're still in you know 700th place after week 16, yeah, you're probably done. Uh, but you know, it, it, it at least give it a try. You know, do what you can the first couple weeks. 
see where you can get, and then uh, let the chips fall, fall where they may in the last you, week. You can only make up so much ground. Like I went, mm-hmm. I listened to like some of the Go Bills uh, recap from last year, and they dropped two hundred and twenty-two points. You know, the one week that they went from one forty, then then moved up to first. So, I mean. I don't remember. I haven't scored 222 points, like I think, ever in my life in an FFPC league. But if you pull that off in the spray, like that's what you have to have. You have yeah, right. to have like this over the top. The nuts score. week. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to have at least one of those and then have every other week be at least very good, if not great. Right. The uh, one, one other thing to call attention to, because I think it was a uh, a draft season dream. And it's actually they're, they're next they're next to each other. Uh, Derek Henry and Ty J Spears. We already talked about the Houston Texans schedule. So this is the opposite. The Titans get the the Texans twice um, during the shootout. So um, if Derek Henry continues his touchdown streak, if they keep dumping passes off to Spears, uh, they could be really interesting. And it, you know, last, last night they, they they each had their own standalone value. And of course, if if one of them gets hurt, the other one you know probably becomes a you know an absolute optimal play there um, in, in the shootout here. So I think that those teams are pretty happy that they got those guys through. Good point. We've already talked a lot of wide receivers, but let's just real quick hit um, any any wide receivers that are standing out to you, uh, Andrew or Darren, as far as like uh, you know guys you think could could really vault people up the board. Well, Jefferson's there. Mm-hmm. Three point nine seven percent. So Jefferson, Chase, Chase is four point nine, and Cup. Those those would be my three. Christian Watson's like a deep sleeper if if he can come back. I don't know if he's like in line to play this week, but I mean, he's a boomer bust type of guy. Like, he could do it if if he comes back. So, but those are the guys. Metcalf and Devonta Smith stick out to me too, six percent ish. Mm-hmm. Um, re- really interesting on that front. I think uh, I think they could they could possibly pop, and then I think um, and again, don't want to steal your thunder, but I think there's potential for some of the rookies as well. What um, one of those being Zay Zay Flowers. Yeah, that's a, those are a couple of good ones, and uh, we kind of obliquely already talked about it. But uh, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, is really starting to to pick it up again, and and uh, you know if he has three cup like games, and Matt Stafford is you know like one of the ultimate distributors at quarterback. You know, he's he's that classic point guard type of guy, and he's just going to get the ball out to the guys who are getting open. So you know, I, Cup is a guy I would love to have. You know, in my on that team that is in 795th place. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. But, uh, you know, that's that's exactly the type of guy you're looking for if you're down there. All right. And I think, I don't know if we lost Andrew or not, but we'll, we'll move on to tight ends and hopefully Andrew will come back. The LaQuinta um, monster got him, I think. I think so, right? Yeah, the, uh, the waffle machine uh, shorted out. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> I had to plug my computer in. Ah, gotcha. All right. I'm alive. We'll let you do it. So let's talk tight end real quick, because I think this is actually low-key one of the places where it's a little bit easier to uh, differentiate and maybe get some legs up on the field, because, you know, my thought on tight end is it's one of those places where uh, really bad defenses against a tight end really matter, and a lot of times really good defenses against tight end really matter. So it's one of those places where you might pay a little bit more attention to the matchup, um, you know, and don't be afraid to come off of a, you know, a chalk tight end. If you've got a low owned option with a really sweet matchup, you know, like, uh, Denver has been just terrible against, uh, you know, the tight end, um, Cincinnati's another one. And, you know, so you can, you can take a look and see, you know, obviously with like Cincinnati, you know, if you've got Hawkinson and you're going up against Cincinnati this week, you don't want to come off that for anything. But, um, you know, if you've got, uh, let me, let me see who Cincinnati plays even uh, the next couple weeks. But you, if you've got a tight end who plays Cincinnati that's not very high owned and you need to, to try to make up some ground on the field, like if you've got uh, a perfect example might be Fryermuth, you know, uh, been pretty disappointing, but against Cincinnati, you know, maybe he could get it done. So uh, week 16, that might that might be the one place where you want to play Fryermuth. Um, any other thoughts on uh, tight ends? Any low-owned tight ends you guys want to talk about or any of that? So, as far as tight ends, one of the things I'll one of the things I do at the site is I t- I do this deep dive into the top five finishing teams in in the main event and fantasy pros slash football guys from last year. 
and inevitably there's like an overachieving tight end that shows up on these these winning teams. So Tyler Higby's a guy, Dalton Schultz was a guy, um, those types of players. So tight ends get in the hot streak, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's not like the high profile guys that suddenly just catch. Cole Komet was a guy, um, was another one last year. Um, so. Well- well, Darren, I'll, I'll add too, and there's like a right, I don't know how weird of a quirk it is, but we'll call it a weird quirk, right? Where only the team, the top four, the ones who make the regular, no, the, the league playoffs, um, are able to do ads and drops in weeks, what, 13 and 14. So on your site, right, Brevin Jordan is top five, top three. And it's probably the quirk of he's so high owned because anybody, any of those four teams left would have been morons not to act at least grab them or turn or, you know, dump somebody never to be picked up again and have Brevin Jordan on the bench. And so I, we're past the waiver period, but as you think about what you're saying, if Brevin Jordan catches fire, right, that's one of the ones who could, you see, oh, he popped late season and yet he's on so many teams because he revealed himself, you know, during the league playoffs where there was only a limited number of teams who could get him. So it's very likely a playoff team had him. Right. And, and th- I think likely – Looking at the waiver wires, I don't know. He was, I don't know if there was much turnover with Likely. Like, he was pretty popular during draft season. And then I think he was out there when Andrews got hurt and a bunch of people picked him up. And I think he's on my list of, of guys to keep an eye on um, among those tight ends during the sprint that could really um, yeah, could pop. Def- definitely makes sense because, you know, he's a guy who's working in that offense. You know, another example of that would be Evan Ingram um, with, with Christian Kirk out. Uh, you know, Ingram's gone bananas the past couple of weeks, so that's something you don't really want to necessarily veer away from. Uh, you know, if like if you're in a position where you've got uh, Kittle and Ingram, you know, probably you're going to want to play both of them. Uh, you know, depending on what el- what else you've got to throw into your flex. But I would almost rather sit Kittle than uh, sit Ingram at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's probably. I mean, we've seen his ceiling. Although, although Kittle historically has been a guy too, but the offense is not what it was three years ago when, when Kittle was smashing um, during the sprint. It's a little bit different. He's not the the, the feature that, that he was back then. A couple other guys uh, that I went down, uh, uh, Oconquo, maybe, you know, he could have a couple of big games. Dawson Knox came back. Maybe he emerges. I put Fryermuth on there because he's 5% owned. Like, I don't trust the guy, but he had that one big game that, you know, his first week back, so who knows. Um, and I'm not sure if Waller's coming back yet or not. I think he's coming off IR. Yeah, supposedly he's going to try to come back. So uh, he was talking about week 15 was what he was targeting for his return. So, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, he should come off IR this week. Um, real quick, guys, let's hit uh, Clarence Banks has a um, question for us. What about a tight end like McBride in a bad matchup? Uh, you know, and this, this is almost – Pretty certainly talking about uh, them against San Francisco uh, this week, which is, you know, San Francisco's not the greatest matchup for tight ends, but there are worse ones out there. Uh, but thoughts on McBride? Are you is, is there any reason you would ever sit McBride? I mean, I well, so on a, on a KFFC team, I have McBride, Ferguson, and, and, and Joko, right? So in that situation, I would be sitting McBride, but he's probably – doesn't have that wealth of riches. Um, you know, the, he's shown his upside. Mm-hmm. Like he, he can smash. So it depends what he needs. So if this is the first week of the playoffs, you're playing the guys with the highest ceiling, right? Um, so I would, I would, I don't, I would see them. Roster dependent. I'm probably playing him. Even I, I'm not. Th- I'm not thinking about the matchup. I'm just thinking he's probably going to get target share. He's probably going to have because he, this target share has been in, in, incredible. So I. And he looks good, so I'm I'm firing him up. And again, as you said, Darren, your your situation uh, would certainly be an outlier, uh, po- positively for you. But I would say in most cases, you're probably firing up McBride. Yep, yep, definitely. All right, in the last couple minutes, guys. Uh, let's let's talk a little, little bit about things you can do to maximize your your chances. You know, in what I call a static environment. You know, basically, there are no more roster moves left. You know, you can't. Uh, you know, you can't make trades, you can't pick up or drop guys, you know, basically all that's left for you to do is decide who to start and who to sit, right? Uh, so how do we, how do we, 
use what we have available to maximize our chances of success. I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of things, but any things that we haven't talked about, uh, you know, that you would give out there as advice uh, to people going through this for the first time or maybe the 10th time. Uh, Andrew, let's, let's start with you. You got uh, any thoughts on the matter? Qualitative thoughts. Go with your gut, right? You, uh, not, not to steal that from our guy, uh, G-Dub, uh, right? But right, he's go with what you got. Ne- nevertheless, I, go, go with your gut, right? You, you, you got here. Maybe you were lucky to get a couple teams in. Um, look, you, you probably have a good team. Generally, you're probably making good enough decisions on start sets. Be, be thoughtful, be mindful, set your lineup, and then try not to look at it, right? I mean, because I'm going to leave Mojo for the obvious thing of going through his, you know, you know, leverage models and see who's out there, but st- st- stick stick with your first reaction, set a lineup, walk away from it, maybe revisit it to make sure you got injuries, but your first reaction is probably your best reaction. Live with it, move on, should be fun, should be a fun shootout, uh, but you can't agonize over start set decisions. Um, and, you know, I, I guess my, my last piece of advice is, uh, you know, c- can, you, can you possibly live with yourself if you sit a if you sit a stud like Tyreek Hill, just using an example here. So ask ask yourself, what, what, you know, play out the scenario of okay, I sat Tyreek Hill and we he went off, or uh, I played him and he had a little bit of a dud. You, you would hate yourself forever if you lost so much ground on the field by sitting your stud for sure. And uh, I would just I would let that rule the day because I think that that's ultimately the common sense answers that uh, will do more good than uh, than harm over the course of your career. Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, just on that, on that note, I want, I want to get back to something else, but first let's, uh, let's, let's let Darren, uh, come up with anything that he's got here. Well, I, I, I have my own process and everybody has their own process. So what I've done for my teams is I, I print out the rosters. And in this case, I've written down like what the ownership is in the tournament for each of those guys. So that as I'm making start-set decisions, I know what my what the exposure is to feed that into. So just to have all the information there, this is the money time. Have every data point available to you when you're when you're doing that. Um, and then don't get crazy with the leverage. Like don't don't be a hero. Like do it strategically. If this is this isn't like we said, this isn't the playoff tournament. We have 20 teams. You got if you're gonna be throw a hail mary, you probably got one shot to do it. And if it fails, then you're sunk. Um, but just be be thoughtful and and use all the information that's available to you. I love that idea of uh, of writing down the ownership percentages. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's not something I've done before, but you can bet it's something I'm going to start doing here. So, and then the other thing I think that's that's really important is to realize that once we get to these these last weeks in the season, they play out a little bit differently than most of the other weeks as far as like just the cadence of the NFL games. I mean, you know, most weeks it's, okay, we got a Thursday game and then we got a huge batch of games on Sunday, then a Sunday night game and a Monday night game, right? And, but like in week 15, this week, we've got one Thursday night game. We've got three Saturday games. We've got uh, on Sunday, seven early games, three late games, one Sunday night game, and we've got a Monday night game. So, you know, things are spread out a little bit more, so they're happening a little bit slower. So you can take information that you have from those early games and use it, you know, and do some late swaps if you think you need to. So, you know, you want to have in mind, uh, you know, really before you get into the, you know, even the Thursday game or certainly the Saturday game, you know, Okay, if, if certain things happen with the, you know, these players that I have going early, is there anything else that I want to do to react to it? Uh, you know, do I, did, did my stud disappoint on Saturday and now I think I've got to maybe try to, you know, be a little bit more of a hero on Sunday, things like that. So, um, and week 16 and week 17 both have similar, you know, opportunities for us. Uh, week 16, there's a Thursday game, two Saturday games, um, you know, the Sunday games kind of split up as usual, and then three Monday games. Uh, week 17, one Thursday, one Saturday, but then everything else is on Sunday. There's no Monday night. So uh, things like that, I think, make a lot of sense to, to just be watching and, uh, you know, see what you can do for it. Be, be good to your families in week 16. It's Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Don't, you, you can always make up the points in week 17. Don't treat your families like shit. <laughs> Don't get scolded. Pick your spots. 
<laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And watch right. out for that cocktails and dreams. He's got thirty-five teams in the, in this uh, the main event championship bracket. Every year, this guy does it. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what the max is on the uh, on the main event. Is it 150 teams? It's got to be less than that, doesn't it? For I don't know. I don't know how many he drafted. I could probably dig that yeah. up, but yeah. I mean, still, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, for sure. All now right. you're going up against professionals, and yes. so exactly. act professionally yourself. Get go go get to work. <laughs> no one's going to hand it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, all it takes is one bullet. I mean, you know, we've we've seen. Uh, every year, it seems like, and you know, you you look across the different contests, you know, in FFC, FFPC, underdog, all that kind of stuff. There's always somebody who's you know got one or two bullets in the gun, and that's it. And you know, they win it all. So yeah, I mean, it's probably already predetermined that you have you're going to have to have certain players on your team to begin with, and we don't know who they are. But there's that's probably it. like a set of a hundred teams that are even in the mix if we knew the results and now you got to make the right decisions having those hundred teams and that's there you go i agree with that happen i agree with that well said yep exactly all right well uh we're gonna let you guys get out of here but uh just wanted to real quick before we get out um darren if there's anything that uh you want to promo on the way out feel free to do that and then uh andrew and myself uh let's let's all give our super bowl teams just uh to Give a little thought to that. Wow. All right. So on my end, if, if you're if you've invested the money, like I said, you probably want to leverage our site at this point. Subscriptions are good for a year, so you're going to be covered all the way up until this time next year. Draft season's even a, a better uh, utilization. Um, virtual tour on the front page covers everything on the site. You can go to. There's a deep dive for the championship round that is also there that you can go and get a sneak peek of stuff too. So just go and check it out. All right. Sounds good. Any thoughts on uh, Super Bowl teams? As much as I hate to say it, I, I, I'm liking the 49ers, that Muzio guy. But, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he gets his, his wish this year. <laughs> could, could be. Uh, anybody from the AFC side, You gotta, who, who do you think will be the AFC rep? Wow. Too close to call. You kind of, you kind of think that the NFL wants the the Chiefs to get back there, right? Just uh, whether you know, one way or the other, it seems to happen. Yeah, could be, could be. All right, Andrew, Super Bowl teams. Anything else you want to cover? Cowboys, Jags, Jags win a nail biter. <laughs> Definitely not talking with your your heart there at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Purely lost. Here's one reason. before. Here's the lost resume. Reason. Hey, chip in a chair. They just got to get in. Yep, yep, there you go. I, I'm going with a, uh, a repeat of the, uh, what was it, like the 20, it was the, the Super Bowl where the lights went out. I'm, I'm going with uh, Ravens San Francisco Niners. and the Ravens. Okay. Yep. And, the Harbaugh uh, Bowl. What's that? The Harbaugh Bowl, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and, and, and I think San Francisco takes it. Um, they just, they look too darn good. Yep. All right, so thanks everybody for coming on. Uh, Make sure if you haven't done so before, smash that like, because remember, you like us, we'll like you. It just works that way. Uh, Make sure you're also subscribing to the Goat District YouTube and podcast. Uh, You know, if you you go to YouTube and type in Goat District, uh, you're gonna find our other feed there. Make sure you're subscribing to that. And uh, this week on Thursday, we'll have the the tailgate uh, like we do every week. It's gonna be JD, Harry Snowman, maybe myself, uh, going through and just looking at all the betting opportunities and start sits and everything else from that Thursday night game. And it's going to be a real barn burner, let me tell you. It's, uh, you know, we, we've got, uh, what is it, Vegas and uh, the, the Chargers? Just awful. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the, the show will be better than the game probably. So make sure you check that out, out as well. And, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll check you all later. Just
district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish, fish, fish.